When I bring up the term rom-com, I feel like we all get an image in our head or really a spattering of images in our head of the rom-com as we have it in our platonic idealized form or if you like the Aristotelian form, the when Harry met Sally's, the you've got mail, the Notting Hill, the while you were sleeping, the miscongeniality, the proposal. I feel like this is one of those great emblematic rom-coms that kind of encapsulates all the things that we like about the genre. It's got this glossy look to it. It's got this happy-go-lucky feel. It's got attractive leads, and it's got really gushy romance. And it's funny, too. It makes you feel good. It's like a chocolate chocolate chip chocolate chip cookie thingy, but it doesn't make you feel sick. It's not, it doesn't talk down to you, only a little, just to make you feel comfy. The proposal just kind of ticks all the boxes in a really nice, cozy way. Sandra Bullock, Ryan Reynolds, Betty White, come on! This is the rom-com of all rom-coms. Not to end it, but to keep it going. 2009, we didn't have a lot of great happy-go-lucky films. You know, you had, you had your District 9. Wasn't quite the optimistic, hey, the world's going in the right direction. But the proposal... I think it is. And may I say that I kind of miss these movies, you know? It's going to be a good year. We got some more Sandy movies coming out this year. I'm hoping for the best, but until then, I'm happy to rewatch The Proposal. Welcome, everybody, to A Gentleman's Guide to Rom Coms. I'm your host, Ryan Graves, and I'm joined by a very special guest. His name is Kelly Song. He's here to tell us a tale as old as time. It's the tale of having a baby. What podcast are we right now? Like, are we on? Are we on NPR? Did Did you sign us to NPR without I'm telling Terry me? I'm Terry Gross, <laughs> and I'm sitting across from Bradley Cooper, who just told me a story about how he pooped his pants. Well, the crazy thing was, I I didn't realize I pooped my pants at first, and then. I looked down at my seat and it was it was covered in poop. When the pooping of the pants actually happened. Yeah. Did it scare you? No, again, I I want to reiterate this. I didn't know I pooped my pants. And when I did see it, I was more like did somebody spill ice cream on on the stool? Oh, I'm I'm really mad. I'm Bradley Cooper. You you don't want to see me when I'm angry. I was the Hulk, right? Was it what? Oh no, that I wasn't don't think me. you were. Was it Lady Gaga who alerted you? No, no, thank goodness she wasn't in the room. Though I, I think it might have been like kind of an inspiration for you know you know how crazy her shows get, right? You know how crazy Lady Gaga shows get. Maybe maybe like a pooped pants might be her her cool new her next thing. Her next yes, like yes. a bacon shirt. She did bacon shirt, and now she's like, uh oh, I've got doo doo on on my cool my cool leather pants Uh-oh. that's all the time we have on fresh air join us next week when we talk to john goodman about eating bacon well <laughs> oh hey oh well, hi ryan I'm, it's hard to follow up it's, it's hard to like go after it really fresh sucks air. when I don't terry like being gross the second time slot yeah I, I hate i hate when she comes in here and just like snatches our time from the studio it's like we signed the clipboard outside of the room our names are right there she was supposed to be done 
at 3.15. She's a big bully. She just she just hogs the space, and you know we have to we have to like argue with Ira Glass outside, and he's always telling us like America is like the next great frontier, and we're like we don't want to know, we don't want to hear about it. Enough, and, enough, and Ira Glass. And and the, it, all this would be fine if she was just nice about it, but she comes out and she does that thing. You you've seen her do the thing where she like scratches her eyebrow but with her middle finger and it's like terry you don't need to use i know you don't need to use that finger well please everybody this is not npr this is the rom-com gents where we get more real a couple of sophisticates for sure that don't talk about poopy pants like some podcasts I mean, it's both, it's on our minds, not because we do it ourselves, but because we clean it so often from our babies. Yes, yes, you're right. You know, you're right. Actually, Ryan, uh, talking, talking about poopy pants, my daughter has been pooping a little less than 12 times a day these days, and it's been going good. good. Robin's off cheese. She hates it. Robin, I know you're listening to this. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that you're not doing- Welcome to the land of dairy free. She's, she's such a champion for doing this for attempting it for even thinking about it and i just want to say thank you i and the the, the weird conundrum about it is we're, we're just trying to see if our daughter is allergic to milk proteins because she she has i i videotaped this actually ryan just to show you um i was going to text it to you but i think i'll just play it <clears throat> on the podcast this is what our daughter sounds like when she doesn't poop but really needs to mm-hmm. here it goes okay Hold on, let me make sure volume's up. Okay. (laughs) Stop it. You're breaking my heart. (laughs) Ah, my dad alarm is going off. It's like, (laughs) the baby needs help. And it's like, we're feeling so bad for her because it's like, you know, we do all this stuff. We do... We do like some gas drops or we do the, you know, the choo-choo train legs. Uh, well, it's the bicycle legs, but we call it choo-choo train. Yeah. Um, Taking care of a baby is very much like Samwise Gamgee helping out Frodo. You can't like take away their pain, but you can carry them. So you, <laughs> totally. <laughs> where it's put. like you can be there, but I, you can't be the one who does it. Come on, Mr. Frodo. I can't carry it for you, but I can carry you. Come on! And you know, I, I there was this time where she was holding like a, a you know one of her things that she likes to teeth on, and yeah, um, I I tried taking it from her and been like I can carry this downstairs, and she took it back from me, and she was like, "It's mine! It's my job! <laughs> my own!" <laughs> How, how's land in your in your baby realm? I only slept like five hours last night, but that's, that's, that's nothing compared to you. That's every night for me, I but I feel for you because going from like good sleep to five hours of sleep is horrendous. It was dumb because it was like he got me up at four forty five, and oh, then I had no. to deal with him from like four. How are you going to go back to bed after that? <laughs> And I'm lying in bed at five thirty. I'm like, my alarm goes off in twenty seven minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll just lie here and sit quietly. It, do, so does is Sarah a light sleeper or a heavy sleeper? Um, like f- for you, does she's she, a, she she stirs easily but falls back asleep quickly. 
Let's say that. Generally, that's also Robin. But she'll Robin doesn't know when she's awake or asleep because she'll <laughs> I'll I'll be like, uh, I'll talk to her and then she'll respond to me. And then later on, I'll be like, hey, so when you said this last night, um, I I went out and did this. She's like, what are you talking about? I was like, do you not remember waking <laughs> up? And then on on the other side of things, I'll I'll be like, oh, the baby just did this. And Robin was like, oh, no, I was awake. I was like, you were snoring when she did that. You were not awake. <laughs> so there's some <laughs> there's some sort of like sleep dysphoria Robin has. I don't know. But um she uh, luckily she does sleep pretty heartily. And so if I move about and, you know, have to get up earlier than her, she does a really good job of going to bed. What are we talking mm. about this for? <laughs> we are talking about this because much like our characters in the movie, there are many interrupted nocturnal emissions. Wait, that ew, can't be whoa, right. Oh, no. Hold God, on. Run. Hold on. Run from that sentence. No, no, no. Hold on. Let me check my notes. Let me check my notes. That can't be right. OK, no. Just like how we were talking about. Um, bedtime problems. We are all, I got nothing, but proposal, everybody, starring Sandra Bullock, aka Queen Sandy B, joined by Ryan. You love him, you know him, you don't have face blindness for him, Robin, anymore. It's Ryan Reynolds and the late, the great Betty White. Ryan, why don't you tell me a story about these three people? Tell me a story, Turk. Let me tell you a story about love, D'Artagnan. I ask you about love, probably quote me a sonnet. I'm not much more than an interpreter, and not very good at telling stories. That's the end. What do you mean, that's the end? That's not. It's the beginning of something interesting. Listen, that's the end of that saga. The end. Betty White plays a real estate magnate um, (laughs) who owns half of Alaska. I mean, technically, her character is the... The grand matriarch. So I think she is the well, uh, is landowner she... of all this stuff. Okay, so so uh, Betty White is Ryan Reynolds' grandma in this story, and uh, we've got Mary Steenburgen, who's her, his mom, mm-hmm. and then America's mom once America's again, mom, and America's dad, Coach. Oh yeah, aka Mister Incredible. Um, what's why his can't name? I think of his name? <laughs> Craig T. Craig T. Craig Nelson. T. Nelson. I don't Craig know why. T. Wait, I thought she was Mary Steenburgen's mom. You thought Mary Steenburgen was Mary Steenburgen's mom? No, I thought Betty oh, White. Oh no, was. you're saying Oh, oh. Yeah, no, she, I'm that's, pretty sure that's she right. is. Never mind. She's not a real estate magnate. She is just no, no, a lion, you know, gammy who's just kind of like a succubus on all she's the stuff that Craig Nelson built. She's, she's a horny gammy. I think she's just excited for Ryan Reynolds to finally get some. To, Wait, so you think, I think Ryan Reynolds has been getting some in this movie. All right, uh, let's, so this movie opens up at, at Ryan Reynolds' behest, because he's the one who's taking us through New York City, baby, uh, where he's, you know, getting some coffee in the morning and, you know, barista flirts with him and then he gets to. <sighs> I, I want to stop you right there. I want to stop you okay. right there. You probably didn't think twice about this, Kelly, but most people have to wait in line. And we watch Ryan Reynolds fly to the front of the line because the barista, oh, she made him the special coffees that he needs at, you know, whatever time in the morning. Mm-hmm. And Kelly, you, you've you had such privileges before. So I just wanted to remind you, this is how normies I, live. I No, okay. So yes, you're right. I'll do this at a coffee shop where I have friends working who 
It's not that you like, cut. It's just that no. you've got some people who appreciate you. Yes. And they will do stuff like that. There were 20 people in this line. Maybe if I had a horrible boss, I might do this. But n- n- I would feel I don't think even in a city as big as New York, I don't think I could live in the village of New York knowing that I just pissed off 10 people by cutting in line. I don't think I don't think I have that inside of me. <laughs> Well, later we see Sandy cutting uh, in line at the INS, and oh yeah, Ryan Reynolds also, is like so. Ryan's just like, yeah, that's fine. That's what we do. We cut lines. Well, no, no. I, okay, so Ryan Reynolds doesn't want to cut the line necessarily, but the barista has, no has it ready for him, and 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 he yeah. flies and, and, to it and he grabs it. And it's not like he's taking a lot of time. She already has the coffees ready. Yeah, and that's why the line that, is so long is because she was working on someone's coffee who wasn't there. On, on two lattes, I don't think so. Yeah, but the INS thing later is Come I think on, worse. Sandy. Okay, so then we go to the office of Miranda Priestley. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Excuse Sandra me. Bullock. Oh. Um, oh, who Ryan? When when you ha- when you think about bad bosses, who you know, one's publishing a magazine um, in Miranda mm-hmm. Priestley from our previous episode. If you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it on the Devil Wears Prada. When you think of her and then you think of Sandra Bullock and this movie does a lot to convince us that she's scary because she walks in and like 20, like, like all the hedgehogs from that game at the arcade where you're supposed to hit them, they all like pop their heads out of their cubicle and then pop back down Mm -hmm. because they're hiding and pretending to work when Sandra Mm -hmm. Bullock comes in the big boss. I don't believe it because Sandra Bullock's not scary. Oh, okay. Not in this way. Here's the thing. In The Devil Wears Prada, Miranda Priestley is beyond redeemable. There's no rescuing the devil. Like, the devil is the devil because he's the devil. This is their The devil character. belongs I'm, in hell. No, 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 no. I, <laughs> There's I, I, no getting him out of hell. <laughs> I understand this. I, what I'm talking about is all of these people are intimidated by Sandra Bullock in the same way that people are intimidated in... In the same filmic language that people are intimidated yeah. by Miranda Priestley. No, yeah, it's, I, it's the same. I... I, but I don't for one second believe it with this character. Don't you? I mean, if I was her assistant, I would be just as afraid. I wouldn't be afraid of her like zinging me the way that Miranda Priestley zings people. But I would be afraid of her of getting in her way and suddenly having something assigned to me. And I wouldn't want that. This isn't, and I would just want to stay out of her way. This isn't a negative to the movie. It's just that I think it's hard for me to see Sandra Bullock as scary yeah that's the problem with being so wonderful i think i think it's a casting thing where they lean so into the cartoonishness of the scene that when i see sandra bullock later i'm like come on guys i've worked with i've worked with some hard bosses and people don't like it's pretty cartoonish if you had some somebody like I don't know, Robert California or Nicole, like if, if angry Nicole Kidman walked in the room, I'm like, that's kind that's a kind of crazy that I could get on board hiding from. But I don't know with Sandra Bullock, it, it was hard for me to, to get it. I mean, it's one of the only things in this movie that I was like, I don't know, <laughs> but um, that was me. I, 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 I stand for the movie's direction. I totally buy every moment because she, she pulls off. There's something about her. Uh, I don't want to sound sexist. I think we can call her Ice Queen, right? I'm not going to call her a bitch, no, but I'm no. going to call her 
Ice Queen. Yeah, sure. She's an Ice Queen. Sure. I think I had this problem in the Devil Wears Prada too. I'm like, what should I call you? No, but I think no, no. I think we ended up calling her a bitch in that movie. But she's somebody who is only about her job and seemingly thinks that she deserves. Like, like in the way that she cuts in line at the INS office, she, she deserves things before other people because she's important and powerful. I mean, you wouldn't want to work for her, right? Could you stand working for her? I mean, I could, I could stand it. I've worked for (laughs) bosses that are akin to this before. Right. But you would be just as miserable as Ryan Reynolds is. Sure. But again, Ryan Reynolds isn't hiding. He's he's but, rushing to get somewhere and he's handing coffees. I get it. No, I, I, I get I get it. But you just have to accept the fact that she doesn't feel that intimidating to oh, me no. because I, I'm she's merely, Sandra I'm merely Bullock. asking. He's rushing to get coffees to her, and he's like terrified of being late with the coffees. And I, that's why I'm asking: is do you understand his? He's afraid of letting her down, and he's sure. not running away I mean, from of her. I understand that the movie does a fine job her. of communicating it. You don't have to. Like, it's fine. The movie, no, no, I I'm, get it. I, I, no, I'm asking, do you understand their dynamic from the from the beginning? That he he's intimidated yes, by her. I, I would have understood it even if they would have dialed it back 99%. I would have understood it. Okay. Well, we are we are in a Disney movie, so it's, it's going to be pretty broad. We're in broad comedy territory sure. here. Yeah, it's, definitely. This is the director of Step Up. <laughs> this is this is a very physical choreograph. She's a choreographer, the director, um, and uh, Anne Fletcher. So it's going to be a very broad comedy. And and I think she did such a great job. I don't know if this was her or Ryan Reynolds or like the two of them working together, but they made Ryan Reynolds so reserved in this movie compared to what he's capable of. And I think that is like, he's the least broad character. And I think that is the best choice this movie could have made. He's kind of like popcorn. He'll just kind of like pop, just kind of like these little moments, but it's not, he's not like Jim Carrey. He's just, he's just very like, pop, pop. Yeah. But I mean, for Ryan Reynolds, I mean, he's just restrained. And uh, like mm-hmm. as a character, he's kind of a serious character. Like he wants to get ahead in his job. He knows what it's going to have to sacrifice. He probably has a guy back home who's making him grilled cheese that he's not showing up for right now. <laughs> <laughs> he's much he's so much better in this movie a hundred times over than in Just Friends. He, it's just that reservedness and just that that restraint is is so compelling. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't even think he's a better actor necessarily in this movie like maybe he is but he's just a completely different character who we like more yeah it's well that's that just goes to the credit of like well have a good script first have a great cast have a director who knows what she's got when because like there's something about the chemistry between these two throughout where it's just kind of like sandra bullock's comedic style is also kind of there's this awkward jerkiness to her that sh- that Sandy really just can embody so well. Yeah. She's just so good at it. Yeah, it's like um, it, the the way it feels to me is if like she's kind of like the Tin Man, where she's oiled but just enough to be able to move when she needs to be, and then she becomes like structured again, and then she yeah. like pushes past that, and then she's structured again, and she's just like ah. And it's this awkward humor that's completely different from like a Steve Carell awkward humor. Yeah, yeah, because she has a lot of hesitancy in her comedy. Right, where Steve Carell's shtick is going too far and not understand that he's gone too far. Exactly. And so, I mean, we we get that she's 
scary because she or not scary. I guess we get that she's powerful because this guy doesn't do his job and she does his job very easily. And then she goes in and fires him and he like yells at her. He does that thing where he's like, I've been fired, but I'm going to tell you what I think about you. And then she mm-hmm. is like, I'm going to like threaten you right back. And uh, you're just going to take it right here in front of all these people. And it's like, okay, yeah, you've got some chops. Um, Ryan Reynolds got some patience. Where are we going with this movie next? And that brings us to our inciting incident. What is it? Yes. Ryan? Her big boss, <laughs> the big, the big boss. boss. I think his name is the chairman or something like that. Chairman Bergen. Is, chairman Bergen. Wait, is he a wrestler? Is he the chairman? <laughs> the chairman. I use the chair uh, a lot. Um, He's like, yo, you're going to get deported. <laughs> and <laughs> wait, I love how he, that was one of my favorite things that I read on the IMDb trivia that they actually just cast a guy from the docks down in New hey, York. Hey, Queen Sandy B, you're getting deported. Hey, hey, Queen Sandy, I'm from Queens. Hey, I'm from Queens. How crazy is that, huh? Yeah, so he's like, uh, your visa stuff got screwed up, and they had been layered in leading up to it. Ryan Reynolds is like, uh, there's these visa things that you've been ignoring, and she's like, it's fine, whatever, I'm privileged, I don't have to deal with that. And we we see privilege clap back at her. Wait, does privilege ever clap back? I don't think it does. No, the system does, though. The system claps back, and uh, yeah, she's going to get deported, and the boss is like, unless you have like a legal reason why you shouldn't be. <laughs> and then Ryan Reynolds leans in the room, and he's like, "I see, I thought this was Ryan Reynolds suggesting that she get married, but no, it was just him leaning in and being like, there's this lady on the phone, and she wants to marry you. I mean, be engaged <laughs> to you. I mean, this will fix your problem. <laughs> and she's like, hey, speaking of getting married, did I tell you guys that someone's getting married, which is me? Do you think her boss is copped to her whole plan? Um, I think they're like... <laughs> I'll allow it. Because she's like, wink. And yeah. like... She basically tells her bosses that she's getting married to Ryan Reynolds and, oh, it's crazy. And we were hiding it for a while, but we're going to go get married. And they're like, oh, okay, I see how you're doing this. I mean, I would I would accept either either answer of like, sure, you're getting married. And she's got to accomplish this because otherwise she can't do her job for the next year until she gets her citizenship in order. And they're going to rehire the guy to replace her who she just fired. Yeah. And she's like, I I can work remote. And. Everyone in America post 2020 was like, sure, she can work remote. (laughs) It's fine. And the bosses are like, no, 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 it's just not going to work for us. You got to be in office. You got to be in the skyscraper with us. Well, they make some, I want to, I want to like fact check this, but they're like, no, you can't work for our company if you're deported. I'm like, that can't be true. Like, Uh, really? I don't think that's true. That sounds, this, I think the writing in this movie is fantastic. I think I mean, the premise is pretty screwy. <laughs> yeah. But on it's top a great of jumping that, off point. like Robin and I were looking up and it's like, it's like three years or something um, that you have to be married to somebody in order for it to <laughs> stick. And they're like, oh, hundred days. And maybe that changed, but I don't think it has. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's one of those things where it's like, I'll believe you because I don't feel like researching this on my end. Mm-hmm. It's It's like close enough. <laughs> So in order to accomplish this, like she's like Ryan Reynolds, you just have to come do this. And his in shock, I guess I'm doing this face is amazing. Mm -hmm. And they go down to the office and they meet a guy who we've seen before. Uh, How do I know the INS officer? Um, He 
is on IMDb. Nominated for three primetime Emmys. Good for you. I, I know um, this guy. I know him. Dennis I o- know him. Is it Dennis O'Hare? Yeah, uh, yeah, he's been in a bunch of things. He was in Garden State, apparently. He was in This Is Us. He was also oh, no, no. in... Isn't he in... Um, uh, isn't he one of the demons in The Good Place? Uh, no. No? Uh, well, I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> So the INS officer is played by some guy who wasn't on The Good Place. And he's like, if you guys try to do this, because he's like, you guys are idiots. I know. I know what's going on. Um, And they're like, Ryan Reynolds, for some reason, is like, I'll allow it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm going to go through with this. And then when they get out of the office, he's like, okay, this is how it's going to work. You're going to make me editor and you're going to publish my manuscript, which is something he's been trying to do. And we kind of get that he has really good taste and he's really good at his job. He's just stuck under the thumb of somebody above him basically. Yeah. And, and so he's, he's paying his dues by working for this, this woman who, and it's a really unpleasant job and he's not getting much out of it other than like the possibility of it going somewhere. Right. And we've got his family calling him from afar and being like, you know, he's, he's having to explain why he, is doing this job that he always complains about. And Ryan, as I want to ask as a, as a filmmaker, I don't know if you've been in the freelance world long enough for this yet, but um, there've been so many times where I've had to justify the amount of work I'm doing to get to somewhere else. To I'm currently doing that. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Um, I do that to you. You're like, ah, but you should get paid more. I'm like, ah, but I'm learning stuff. And you're like, yeah, you should get paid more. Well, yeah, that's. <laughs> I think that's because I've been in your position a bunch. Yeah, <laughs> but the, but yeah, I, I really felt his character here, where, like, my dad has m- many times, graciously for the most part, been like, hey, you can come back home and work. Hey, you can yeah. do this thing and work. Hey, I have uh, this guy that needs this job, and I'm like. And I like, you know, me being the freelancer who's looking for work every single day and like working not as much as I want to, but knowing that like I have to be able to be available at a moment's notice. I'm like, no, I'm going <laughs> to to stick this out and get to where I'm trying to go. I just felt that a lot. Yeah. I mean, I for the longest time worked my office job and my in-laws are like, they should pay you more. They should pay you more. I'm like, well, <laughs> be a millennial. <laughs> Like, it's really easy for you to say this should pay you more. It's like, we all should be paid more. We all agree. This my, is all what we're dealing with. My, my favorite is uh, my grandma, like back in the day, was like, you know what? You should work a job that gives you better insurance. And I'm like, you know what, grandma? You're right. I should because our system is fucked. <laughs> You're um, like, hold on. I need to find my laugh track. Where, where did I, where where did I, I put, put that? that? Where's my Ferris Bueller keyboard? Excuse me. <laughs> Uh, but he goes along with it and they agree to basically like they have to convince his family that this whole thing is, is up to snuff so that the INS officer is up to snuff and they have to learn all this stuff about each other. And they go to Alaska for his grandma's 90th birthday. No, I want to go though. It looks beautiful. It looks very beautiful. I'm sure a lot of people in Alaska are like, doesn't look like that. (laughs) 
We don't really include it in the Pacific Northwest, but it should be. Yeah, it's more like the Pacific North by Northwest, right? Yes, yeah. There's, there's, it's more North than Northwest. Yeah, but I, I, I've seen, I've seen multiple Discovery Channel shows, and that is not what Alaska is usually portrayed as. What do you mean? I mean, Alaska, as portrayed by reality shows on Discovery, is like snowy and muddy and snowy and muddy and snowy and muddy, and like your entire house is just one big mud room. I mean, that's that's what not to parts, say that you Alaskans parts, live dirty lives. I, I just want to say, Ryan, Alaska is probably I think like a fifth of the size of the rest of the United States. So it's a big place. It's a so fifth? there's probably there's probably it's one fifth yeah. the size of the United States. How big is Alaska compared to U.S.? In in fifths. Ask it in fifths. <laughs> in fifths. Alaska is about one-fifth the, ties, the size of the entire lower 48. I, what? I, pu- I pulled that out of my butt, too. I had no idea. I just guessed that. And that's How? what RoyalAlaskanMovers.com says. <laughs> big is Alaska compared to U.S.? I'm going to ask in fifths. Not in fifth grade. <laughs> my Life Elsewhere says about seven times smaller. Alaska is about one fifth the size of the entire Lord of Freight. You guys, you can Google it. It's true. I'm <laughs> it, color, color me shocked. It's cute. <laughs> okay, so he he. So this is basically like the Texas of the North, right? It, this is like if Winterfell was. Texas. It's like it's like three Texases of the North. Dang. Yeah, I know, right? Okay, so yeah, they but they only they only go to Sitka. They don't they don't go like cross-country skiing they now, just go to i want i want to i want to impress upon you ryan how close sitka is to canada right now because uh-huh. um a, a whole big thing in this movie is uh that they're trying to keep her from moving to alaska to and canada it, to canada sorry moving having to move back and at one point in time when like uh, spoiler alert they fall in love um and what and it's like at one point they're like ah how are we gonna to make it work and both New York and Sitka are very close to Canada. <laughs> I want to say this again. They are very close to Canada. It's like, I know that they're trying to keep her working at this job and all, but like if they wanted to make dating work, it would be okay because it's, they're both very close to Canada. <laughs> That's a huge missed opportunity because they could have gone like and just have a Sarah Palin moment of being like, I can see Canada from my house or something to that effect <laughs> of like Ryan Reynolds could have been like, you know, Canada's right there. It's not that bad. Wait a second. I think this is, this was made in 2009, right? Yeah. I think that was, that was 2008. So that would have been the perfect that would have been time. A perfect timing. Like of Ryan, comedy. Ryan Reynolds, uh, they could be like flying and Ryan Reynolds could be like, Hey, so, um, or Sandra B could be like, hey, so how far is this from Canada? And he's like, well, I can see it from my house, actually. <laughs> anyway, we're not talking about the movie right now. B- Talk about Canada. The our, our main couple, for as antagonistic as they are to each other, have really good chemistry. They have mm-hmm. good, like, competitive, annoyed at you, slapstick, screwball chemistry. The, it's just... It's a classic of, like, two characters who are stuck together. Wait, it's but a pickle? Oh, classic, not Vlasic. Sorry. Go ahead. What did you think I said? Vlasic. It's Vlasic. It's 
It's a Vlasic pickle. You know, it's like the, look, stork, like the stork says. Do I look like a stork to you? No, you got... your nose isn't that big. Rah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a Vlasic uh, plot where you get a, two characters who have no choice but are stuck together and sparks fly and then the romance happens. Yeah, and I mean, they, they get to the island and Robin, I want to give credit to Robin. She kind of pointed out that like, Whenever you have a city girl going to like the country or the boonies, they indicate that she's a city girl by making her wear stilettos. Yeah. And like, I I feel like, no, so she has flats in this movie. We see her wear flats later, but she decides on an airplane of all places to wear stilettos. And it's like, this is, this is one of those tropes that I would like to see subverted sometime because it's a really good indicator. Yeah. You're from the city. You wear the wrong kind of shoes in the country, but it's dumb most of the time, like in falling in love. Um, Right. But I would really like to see that subverted where like they dress up for the country, but they'd go too far the other direction. Right. Where they're wearing like giant boots and (laughs) like fur lined cloaks. (laughs) But there's 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 something about her in this movie that makes sense as opposed to falling in love where it's like, I don't think you thought this through and falling in love. I can just see it's like, no, no, no. Like you have a journey ahead of you. You didn't you didn't figure this out at all. Whereas this I'm like, yeah, she probably thought I fly to Sitka, get in my car, go to the hotel. What yeah. More can yeah. there be? No, no. Very fair. Um, she was like, never planning on going on a boat, <laughs> a boat. <laughs> uh, this is something that Ryan Reynolds should have told her, but this is all last minute, so it makes sense. Yeah. Mary Mary Steenburgen and Betty White are really nice, but they both give each other those sidelong glances like, is this really who he's dating? Mm-hmm. And he's also badmouthed her to her p- whole family so often that it's a big surprise to them. Mm-hmm. But then um, she climbs down a ladder. He helps her down by touching her butt. And then Hand they're off, off to the island. <laughs> Hand off ass. And um, that's where we they they like set up this huge party for them. And we get that Ryan Reynolds has a hard relationship with his dad. And then they classic dad relationship, classic dad relationship. But the the opposite of the dad relationship that we get with Craig T. Nelson in uh, Family Stone, where he's like perfect dad. Yeah. yeah, I I don't really relate to this because my dad's always just kind of like, so what are you doing now for work? I'm like doing this. He's like, cool. like he's never had i'm just realizing this in terms of like um relating to the father-son like this is such a like old-fashioned father-son thing of like father has an empire for the son and son must take mantle and it's just like never had a mantle for me to like live up to that's i mean that's (laughs) well i mean what did your dad do for a living uh you know real estate stuff whatever (laughs) (laughs) and Dad, like his dad, uh, Ryan Reynolds' dad, Craig T. Nelson, owns what Alaska. seems to be like, well, this entire town of Sitka or this part of Sitka anyway, because yeah. like everything is their last name. And so like he comes from money and uh, this really surprises Sandy B. Because, you know what I thought would have. Can I can I rewrite the movie just a second? Yeah. You write your first draft with your heart. You rewrite with your head. All right. This movie doesn't need a whole lot of rewrites because it's pretty fun for the most part. But I thought it would have been interesting if Sandra Bullock had come from nothing. 
mm-hmm. and had to work so hard to get to where she is. And so she like has been holding on to it with an iron fist kind of. And Mm -hmm. this, this could have been us like getting to know her character a little bit more. Like we know that her parents died when she was 16. What if they also didn't have any money and she spent some time in like foster care and for her to get to her position would have been like a big deal. And then, you know, Ryan Reynolds is this guy who comes from money and he's trying to, he's trying to have less in order to do what he loves. Mm -hmm. And this is something that maybe she can't understand at first. And it, causes them to grow to get to know each other you know i just thought that would have been interesting as i was watching this i mean i always figured watching this movie i'm like that would be a kelly move if if he if his family was as rich as this and maybe your family is as rich as this i've never seen many (laughs) buildings with the 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 old macrillis name above it but no no unfortunately not (laughs) it, it would have been a thing where you would have gone and like what's what's admirable about Andrew Andrew Paxton it, Ryan Reynolds character is that he wants to make it on his own. He doesn't want right. he doesn't want to be handed an empire. He wants to build his own. Yeah, or he doesn't really want to build any empire. He wants to sit in a room and read books is what he tells <laughs> his dad. Which Right. But he enough. wants to but he wants to be it's not that he wants to be any old, you know, book work at any old book publisher. He wants to run with the big dogs in New York. So he he his dad just doesn't understand the world that Ryan Reynolds is competing in. And I I relate to that part not with my own dad, but just kind of that that cultural thing of like you may think I'm not working very hard, but I work really hard every single day and yeah. I need I really need you to understand that. Yeah, it's it's the the one thing that I've gotten from s- some relatives which I'm sure you have as well is when you when you write especially when you're writing like scripts on spec mm-hmm. and nobody's paying you to do the 8 hours of work you're doing on your day off <laughs> yeah and so it's like oh you're spending a lot of time doing a hobby and you uh, you're like well no <laughs> i am working for free right now but it's it's towards something i promise uh, it's- yeah and like my wife complains where i'm like you know watching eight movies per weekend and she's like all you do is sit around and watch movies i'm like i need to watch star wars multiple times to be a good writer they just don't understand <laughs> Shut kelly up. they don't understand <laughs> they don't understand so um, yes it's a rom-com and sparks are flying because sandy b and ryan reynolds are like oh i don't like you but then they're like oh maybe i kind of like you oh yeah okay so there's <laughs> this these scene, things usually go there's a scene during the engagement party where both sandra and ryan are like encouraged by that one friend and or cousin or relative where he's mm-hmm. like kiss give her a real kiss mm-hmm. and it's like, have you ever been taunted into a kiss before? Um, no, but I want to start doing it to other people because it sounds fun. I, what it sounds like we is should you're, just do that to random super, old couples. Well, <laughs> hey, old couples, yes, old couples, maybe, yeah. But like, if if you're just like a dude and this young hot couple is in the room and you're like, yeah, kiss, it's kiss it's are good, like, man. It's kind of like you're just super lonely. <laughs> <laughs> and That's you get what they you get kept bad going internet out there, and you're like, "This is this is my one opportunity." <laughs> He's like, "Kiss," and a like woman turns to him. He's like, "I haven't haven't had any good porn lately. The internet's been down." 
We're, we're in Sitka, for Sitka. goodness sake. Uh, but like everybody kind of gets in on it. And the grandma's like, give it to her good. Yeah. Put, stick your tongue in her throat. <laughs> Come on, Andrew. And give you're her like, the tongue. Betty White. Um, and so they kiss. And it's at this moment that Sandra Bullock starts having those the fluttery downstairs feelings for Mr. <laughs> the Reynolds. Feelings. That pit in your stomach feeling as if, you know, you're sitting next to a fire, but not too close. (laughs) No wonder you're unpublished. (laughs) Um, What happens next, Ryan? (laughs) He had eyes like a squid and arms like a man. (laughs) See, I can write. (laughs) That's romantic as hell. (laughs) What if he had... Arms like a squid and, and I, eyes like a man. That would be a different story altogether. Uh, uh, okay, what, what, what so, happens yeah, next in the movie? The, 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 the bulk of the second act, you know, Mom and Gammy take Sandy B out for like the... The Bachelorette stuff. The, oh, Oscar's there's this, here. The strip club where Oscar Nunez from The Office is... He's he's really going for it because Oscar in The Office is, ironically enough, titled the straight man character, but he mm-hmm. he comically is not that in The Office all, as well. But uh-huh. <laughs> and in, in this movie, he plays like the Kirk of this town where he's yeah he does he does all the jobs in this one town he like runs the grocery store he's the stripper he caters you know mm-hmm. he does everything but I, I have had headcanon for all those things because he works for the paxton general store right but he's also catering the party because he, he works the for the general exactly. store uh-huh but he you're right he is he is very broad he puts on an accent he is that was oh man, I could hear it from me from all the way over here. That's because hold on, that's because my baby's um uh monitor is on. Oh. <laughs> uh there, now it's off. <laughs> um he puts on an accent, he um he is like awkwardly trying to touch Sandra B at weird times, and it's just it's just it's kind of weird. But it's fine. It's taken me several viewings. Now I'm okay with it because I'm not I'm not rewatching The Office that much anymore. So I'm just kind of like, I, I can accept this character because it's 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 so diametrically opposed to Oscar Nunez. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely weird. It it did feel like the the director was like, keep going further. Mm-hmm. Further. I, I watched some I watched some B not B roll, but behind the scenes of the making of this movie and Mm -hmm. the director seems like a lot like she's one of those very high energy directors where it's like oh man you are extroverted and you are very energetic and i can see how you would like convey this to the cast and it would be it would probably be a lot but i can see how it kind of like not bounces off of them but like Sandra and Ryan Reynolds kind of like take that energy and kind of like have it pent up inside of them. Sure. There's this like this jerkiness to both characters, whereas Oscar is like unleashing. And I think, I think you need to have the range where it's like, you have the character who's super out there and Mm. it's, it's just, it's just him. Whereas everyone else is pretty reserved. And then you got Craig T. Nelson, who's just, you know, dour stone face because he's kind of 
a weird antagonist in the the whole story. But you know who isn't an antagonist, even though you think she would be, is Ryan Reynolds' ex-girlfriend. Ooh, Malin Ackerman, who has nothing to do in this movie. <laughs> no, she's she's just like, hey, I'm cool and nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, apparently there's some deleted scenes with her. She had a bigger role, but they cut it. So oh, okay. There was been was she more of an antagonist? Um, I think they... I didn't watch it. I did watch the alternate ending, which we'll talk about. But oh, I think I didn't. So I'm I'm excited to learn. My guess is that she was just more of a temptation because she serves as as not the evil Bellamy, but just a kind of Bellamy. Um, so wait, what, wait, wait. What we, is we, she? She's a temptation, but she's well, no. Not she's a, a hot Bellamy. She's the hot Bellamy. She's yeah. the hot Bellamy. That's we have we have a drop for that. Oh, okay. Hot Bellamy. It's it's where Robin goes, ooh, hot Bellamy. <laughs> ooh, hot Bellamy. All right. I love it. You mean you can replace me saying that? I will. No, <laughs> please, gonna... please, God, replace me saying that. I'm using both. So, uh, yeah, she's, she's there as a temptation for Sandy to get jealous. Right. And kind of a, a Ryan Reynolds needs to go over and say hi to her in yeah. a way. So it, it yeah, I, I think this is, I'm, I'm going to have a quibble with this movie and it's, it's kind of in regards to her. Um, quibble away. Yeah. I'll quibble now. Quibbles and bits. Quibbles and bits. Quibbles and bits. 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 Quibbles and bits is part of a balanced podcast diet. Please talk to your doctor before listening. Quibbles and bits is for humans, not dogs. Part of FDIC and equal housing lender. Um, I, I wanted to know, I thought Ryan Reynolds and Sandra Bullock had a lot of chemistry in this movie. I didn't know necessarily, she didn't seem like the kind of person he would fall in love with. Right. At the end of this movie, even. Right. Um, Mullen Ackerman's character. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I, I don't think Sandra Bullock is the kind of person that Ryan Reynolds would necessarily fall in love with at the end like of this movie. Like on paper or you didn't buy the trajectory of the film? I bought it, but to <laughs> me it, <laughs> but I returned it after a couple weeks cuz it just didn't fit. Well, <laughs> I mean in a manner of speaking. So, I I like them getting together at the end of this movie, okay? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, when I see this other character that Ryan Reynolds obviously wanted to get married to and is attracted to. And I see Sandra Bullock. These are two completely different characters. And basically the, the thing that Sandra Bullock has going for her is that she's in New York. And uh, yeah. s- assumedly everything else personably that Ackerman has going for her is everything except that she's not in New York. Well, I, th- but their chemistry is kind of blah. There's not a lot. We're not really worried that Ryan and, Reynolds will get swept off his feet by Melanie Ackerman. And I think that is a a detriment to this movie because I want to know why he likes Sandra Bullock more than her. Mm. Well, she is very white bread. There's not a lot to her. Now, what she seems like is, well, that's, I again, I think this is a failing on the movie's part because what she seems like is very sweet. She's down to chill. She gets along with his family mm-hmm. and there's no negatives about her. I like, like how they bring the ex-girlfriend to the bachelorette party. Well, yeah. Like, <laughs> like again. Like front row center. Is, she's at the same is, table. 
this is exactly how chill she is. And she even like goes up to Sandra Bullock afterwards and she's like, these people are nuts and I get it. It's, but it's weird, but you know, and we do get that. She's kind of a little, like you said, basic because she's been in this town. She says she's never left this town in her whole life, which that, that is a reason not to be with someone, but I wanted, I think I wanted more from that dynamic. And so you'll have to tell me like what more, she had to do with the movie well i'm going to challenge you from a screenwriting perspective in the sense of okay you want to develop a character and give them more dimension how do you do it without like hitting the brakes on this very you know fluffy plot line this very it's a very glossy rom-com this is one of the classic just like this is the most rom-com of rom-com rom-coms. I think I think the easy way to do this is to insert a conversation about dreams. And I mean dreams and goals. Mm-hmm. Because I think what you need to do is tempt Ryan Reynolds back to the island. Yeah. And the way you do that is like you have this character. Uh, is it Melissa Ackerman? Did you say? What was Malin. Mal- Malin Ackerman. Mm-hmm. She is like the most beautiful an elementary school teacher for this small town. She seems like she kayaks. (laughs) She um, gets along with his family and life here just doesn't seem so stressful as his life in New York. And I think having her talk to him about like his dreams and her being like, you know what, over the years I've actually had my dreams grow a little bit more and one day I think I actually want to leave here, but for now this is good. And like him, like her being like, you know what? This place isn't that bad. And like, maybe you can do what you do, but like in Vancouver, which is just South of here, you know, or whatever, whatever. And at the same time, you could have added a little bit more to Sandra Bullock's character by talking to her about her dreams and like why she wanted to be a publisher, why she loves books, you know, like maybe she wants to open up her own company one day and she's just been working to get to the top of this company so that she can do that. I think we get that dimension from her. Go ahead. Tell me when. When they're in bed and she starts sharing herself of like her first concert, her fa- the book we that get she reads know, every Christmas. We get to know her a little bit, but what I'm saying is we don't know what these characters want. She and wants to not a, get deported, Kelly. Have you not been paying attention? I'm, I'm talking about in the future. <laughs> like why, why does she not want to get deported? Is it just because of work? Because to me, that doesn't really make a an interesting character she's in an interesting dilemma but at that point in time i'm like after i leave this movie why do i really care about this right and well i again i'm not i'm not actually asking for this it was just something that i thought you could easily insert into this movie without moving too much around right but i i I give that assignment to a lot of these other similar rom-coms and it's like well what does anne hathaway want in the devil wears prada to work a year under miranda Priestley and then move on she wants to be a journalist we know that in the future she wants to be a serious journalist. Right, but we don't we don't know anything like we don't know any dimensionality to that. Like what kind of journalist? Like do you want to be like breaking, you know, new ground or do you want to be a CNN person? Like I mean, it's unfair to compare Rory Gilmore to her, yeah. but it's like with Rory Gilmore we do learn very detailed goals. She wants and to be dreams. a foreign correspondent. Yeah. She yeah. wants to be whatever 
what's her name and on CNN. Like we get very detailed stuff, and maybe it's maybe it's not fair to bring up a, a television show, but I feel well, like it's a I, it's I, an easy I, sin these rom coms make where it's like I don't know they want to be this thing. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Well, I what I'm saying is that it seems like with the fluffy rom coms, you get one side. You either get what they want to be. Or what they're dealing with. Yeah, and, and I'm just telling I, you, eat your fucking cotton candy and just deal with it. <laughs> I'm just saying that I think you can have your cotton candy and eat it too sometimes. Um, again, don't need it from this movie. It's a good movie besides. I'm just saying that if I had a quibble, that would be one of my quibbles. <laughs> I just imagine you at a McDonald's. And you're like, oh, only one pickle. <laughs> what? No, come on. Come on. I've, I've seen you quibble about less. <laughs> That's true. So um, yeah, the the Millen Ackerman character is you know whatever, and she is there. <laughs> That's her yep. purpose. Um, uh, where are we in the plot then? Well, then uh, oh, I, I mean, I mean, she, Sandra Bullock tries to feed a dog to a hawk, and she's attached <laughs> to her work. Um, and at one point in time, Sandra Bullock kind of has a panic attack because she's falling in love with Ryan Reynolds. And is this this is after they've run into each other naked? Yes, they they literally run into each other naked. And, and I think it's so good. I think the physical comedy of that moment is perfect. And golf clap for Sandry. Sandry B? I keep calling her Sandry B. It's not like a tasty sundry. It's Sandy B. Um, but um, she's almost naked in this movie. Like, wow, you really went for it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty good. I feel like Sandy is down to, down to clown when it comes to like doing awkward humor. I just think I, we need to be equal opportunists. I sh- I think we deserved Ryan Reynolds' butt in this movie. If we're going to see so much of Sandy, we have to be equal opportunity employers here. Show me Ryan, Ryan if, Reynolds' butt. Ryan, if you want to see his butt, Ryan, if you want to see Ryan's butt, um, you have a bevy of movies to go Do to. Do I? Yeah, good. there's lots of there's lots of Reynolds' ass out good, there. Good, good. Um, here it's good. <laughs> there's some websites I'll show you. <laughs> Um, uh, that's why I have the safe filter on my Google for such things. <laughs> Incognito for yeah. Ryan's ass. <laughs> Google's so, like, why would you want that? This is one of those uh, gentlemen rom com gents after dark episodes. <laughs> um, so then she's kind of falling in love with him, but she's like, I can't do that. And so she goes for a bike ride and almost crashes. And then she finds Betty White out in the woods doing a Native American tribal dance i would Um, say she's doing some kind of sinful uh cultural appropriation but i don't know what culture she's appropriating so it's hard to say we actually get which culture she's appropriating because she says what nation her um but did they even do any kind of research of doing anything that's even akin to something from their culture or are they just doing some kind of like mumbo jumbo stuff i don't know but I've, i've read quite a few articles from people who are like uh (laughs) this is dumb and bad (laughs) so i mean it is i'll give it to you it's really funny but Mm -hmm. also you know that's you know it's also bad is she wearing a headdress she's wearing ceremonial garb um and uh, i mean it's not i don't know if it's her traditional headdress um it's i like it's totem 
esque, like it's an eagle. Um, and so it's definitely Pacific Northwest. Like you grew up in Pacific Northwest. Yeah. You've seen a billion of these around, but it very much looks like, you know, my third grade assembly when they, they came and taught us about these things. I guess I wasn't paying attention because <laughs> I, I should be able to say, cause I'm looking at pictures of it now, but it, it looks very handmade and looks just kind of I don't know. For me, I'm very whatever about the scene. It's like, this isn't great, but I don't think we should put it in the trash. No, no. I'm kind of the same way, but also, you know, don't. Don't don't, do it. Don't make a white person who is also not native, not part of a specific tribe do this in your movie and don't try and get away with it being like oh she's yeah there's like like 142nd native it's like so uh, in in the in the original script um the the scene was um that like some shaman told her husband to do something and this is how like she's contacting her husband or something like that so at least they didn't do that oh that was the intent of the scene originally i it, it got a rewrite Okay. Yeah, um, I got to rewrite. So. Jeez. <laughs> but we get this really funny scene of Sandra Bullock um, doing from the window to the walls um, mm-hmm. and seeing Sandra Bullock say the words sweat drops down my balls is probably probably one of my favorite moments in this movie, if not in rom-coms. Mm-hmm. It's and really it's, funny. And she does this little like um ceremonial dance too and here again you have the director of step up doing her step up thing with characters like this it's like it's good dancing here we go it's it's dumb dancing but it's good in that way yeah but it's the kind of dancing that makes my wife embarrassed when she watches it embarrassed for the people in the movie (laughs) i think if if your wife had two no three glasses of tequila we could get her to do this Ooh, that's a good dare Let's give it a okay. try. Yeah, let's give it a try when when like when Robin's breastfeeding a little less and we can or uh, let's just try to get your wife drunk. We'll, we'll work on it. <laughs> um, I mean, there's some stuff where, like we said before, um, Craig T. Nelson wants Ryan Reynolds to take over the thing. Ryan Reynolds attacks a, a, a log and then they give Sandra Bullock like an old dress that used to be Betty White's wedding dress. And Betty White's like, I had big boobs and you have small boobs. <laughs> And then they're like, okay, you're getting married here on the island. They approach the wedding. And, oh, right beforehand, what happens, Ryan? Uh, Oscar Nunez gets down to his skivvies. No, that happens way beforehand. Oh, okay. um, the, NIS, the, the, NI, the INS uh, agent shows up. Yeah, because the dad called it in. Dick move. Dick move, Craig T. Nelson. And... Um, then they double down on the wedding and then they're going to go through with it. And then Sandra Bullock. She pulls a while you were sleeping. She yep. says, I can't get married because I've been lying to you and I just She's wanted like, to be in actually, this family. I know how this works. I should have learned my lesson last time, <laughs> but here we are. I've done this before. So we're going to get through it pretty quickly. Just hang on for a second. So, yeah, she says she can't go through with it. Ryan Reynolds is like, sorry. She leaves to go to the airport with the INS dick. Um which would be his own words, because he likes being a private eye. He, he would probably Ooh, call himself an yeah, INS dick. Uh, and Ryan Reynolds is like, oh, my God, I want her back. And he chases after her at the airport and doesn't doesn't get to her in time. But he catches gets, up with her in New York. Catches up in New York. Which is a good subversion of the trope, I guess. Yeah. And then he, in the office, he's the one who 
tells her to listen up and tells her what for. Mm-hmm. And she has to be vulnerable in front of all the employees. And she has to be the one who's not in charge and not in power for once. I think this is one of the uh, the best written parts in the movie. And it's really, really good writing in general where he asks her to marry her. And he he wants her to say yes. And he like makes another move to her. But instead of saying yes, she says, I'm scared. And that's mm-hmm. how we know she's going to say yes. Mm-hmm. And he says, me too. And I think that is good writing. So I have a um, conspiracy theory about this scene. On the DVD and the Blu-ray, there is an alternate ending. The alternate ending is the movie ends at the airport because what happens is Ryan Reynolds goes to the airport. He gets to the tarmac. He goes to his buddy who's in the flight control tower and he's like, you got to stop or you got to bring the plane down. And the guy's like, oh, sorry, I meant to. I couldn't do anything. Oh, well, rats, you'll have to catch her later. The alternate Wait, ending. Wait, that's how it ends? The No, the alternate oh. ending he gets the plane to turn around and come back. And it has this like really awkward, funny bit where they do misunderstanding stuff between the tower and the airplane, but eventually she comes back. I think this is the, the version I saw in theaters. No, 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 no. I've well, I, okay. I've definitely seen this then. Maybe I saw it on YouTube at one point in time, Probably the whole time that he was like talking to him, I'm like, Oh yeah, this is where they turn the plane around. And when it didn't happen, I was like, Wait, what? I thought he turned the plane around. Right, because it originally was, that was the original ending. I have a feeling that they made the movie, they finished the movie, they screened it to the executives, and the executives- and it didn't play well. The executives are like, it doesn't end well. We, yeah. need to, we need to go back. I'm betting, this is my conspiracy theory, this is full conspiracy theory, that they didn't have the original writer and they didn't have the original director do the final scene. I think they hired mm. an outside hire to write and direct the final scene. It definitely feels different. Yeah. Not in a bad way either. But it's very, it's the most artful one because it's very like, it really makes you go, oh, so it's subverting all these things about their relationship and about who they were. And it's capitalizing on all these things that have been set up the way that a candy corn film like this doesn't really capitalize on because you don't Mm. have this kind of symbolism in the Devil Wears Prada. Devil Wears Prada and Hathaway is just like, I'm leaving Paris. (laughs) <laughs> there's nothing there's nothing very artful about it but this is a very artful scene where where it's capitalizing on so much and not to say that Anne Fletcher couldn't have done this it's my conspiracy theory i'm sure she did it but it's 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 very good of them to take a second shot at it agreed agreed i'm 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 really happy with the way this ended yeah great um, ending yeah great ending and that concludes this portion of the podcast wait for a moment and then you'll hear our trope talk. And we're back with trope talk. It's like knock talk, but with less people asking who's there. Sandy. <laughs> Sandy who? I don't know. I <laughs> I I made that up. I'm I'm actually I'm Julie I'm Julia Roberts. I'm Julia Roberts, and I was pretending to be Sandra Bullock, and I came and knocked on your door as a prank, but this is the first time I've done a prank. I'm sorry. I'll leave (laughs) you alone. Julia Roberts. I'll leave you alone now. I'm sorry. Julia Roberts would be the worst person to pull a prank, because she would just be smiling at you with that thousand-watt smile the whole time. My gosh, Ryan, I just had a movie moment. (laughs) Julia Roberts goes pranking. No, a movie moment. No. I... As soon as you said the word Julia Roberts, I read the word Julia Roberts. 
Whoa. I'm on the trivia page for the proposal, and it said Julia Roberts was the first choice to play Margaret, but reportedly refused to take a pay cut, so Sandra Bullock took over the role. See, Julia Roberts would not have worked in this movie. It just wouldn't have worked. I don't see her pulling this humor off, right? No, I don't know. I think she's very capable as an actress, so I'm not going to say that. Uh, oh, okay. Now I'm the asshole. Okay, okay. That's great. <laughs> well, you know, I, she's a regular listener of the show. <laughs> I, uh, Sorry, Julia Roberts, our other queen. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds' last name is Paxson. As of 2018, mayor of Sitka is Gary Paxson. Okay, get off the IMDb trivia page. We got work to do. <laughs> okay, so the trope this week is how costumes change. And again, not really a trope because most of these aren't tropes, but this is how characters' costumes change and how that reflects them in this world that they're in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we see Julia, <laughs> not Julia Ooh. Roberts. I got Julia on the mind. We see not Julia Roberts, Sandy B in Betty White's wedding dress, and she's not filling out as she is supposed to. And do you think there's other, there's something other than humor at play in this scene? Um, no. Moving on. Thank <laughs> you for trope talk. We are on. <laughs> other than humor in which scene? In in the wedding dress scene, you, when with the boobs, the, with the boobs, I think yeah, I think wedding dress as metaphor for trying to fill the shoes. In this case, the cups mm-hmm. of of somebody in this family, like like basically what you have here. The reason why this is such a good scene is because Sandra Bullock is living a lie. But she is literally being surrounded by the heirlooms of this family, which makes it so much more real that she is tricking them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at first she has like tight fitting clothing that is very stylish. And the more dressed down she gets, whether it's, you know, after she falls in the the water and uh, gets dressed in like an old baggy sweater mm-hmm. um, or she, you know, gets put in this giant wedding dress. The more dressed down she gets, the more real she gets. Yeah. Like the more she's stripped of her defenses. And I I really like that as far as character development is concerned. Uh, someone pointed out also on the IMDb trivia page that her hairstyle throughout the movie goes from a really tight hair up thingy uh an updo updo is that what i'm thinking of is it called an updo like when it's wait ponytail like, like a bun like oh, a bun it's, it's, i think it's called a ponytail if it's a ponytail oh okay it goes yeah. from like tight tight really tight ponytail mm-hmm. to at the end of the movie where it's always just kind of down and flowy and just kind of yeah. natural like let loose kind of thing and i i think you can do that in a way that's really showy or you can do it in a way that's just not drawn attention to and very psychological. Yeah. Like directors do this all the time with color by evolving the saturation or the, um, the warmth, um, of, of color in a scene, um, or across the entire film. And I think it, it, it shows for me as a filmmaker, it shows me that like this director cared about this film, but I think subtextually and for everybody who's not looking at the filmmaking, it just allows them to feel moments more than just understand them on a story, like a surface story level. Yeah. Cause when, when you get told this trivia factoid, you kind of think about, it, you're like, 
that's right. Like it's it's you you saw it, you knew it, but you weren't even thinking twice about it. And that's that's good filmmaking. Bazinga. Bazinga. Uh, also, people in clothes that describe the station that they're in. You've got George Banks trying on his old tuxedo in Father of the Bride from 1979, mm. and it doesn't fit, which shows that George Banks doesn't fit in. Right, guys? Right? Kind of. Well, you've also got Meg Ryan trying on her mom's wedding dress, mm-hmm. and it it tears, and it's when she's thinking about getting married to Bill Pullman, and it's like, yeah, that's probably not going to work either. And her, her wedding dress pulled men at the seams, right? Right? A little trivia. No. That, oh. no, it definitely didn't do that. Oh, it didn't pull no. men? No. Oh. Stop, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> stop trying you're to as, turn a phrase. You're as bad as Julia Roberts. <laughs> But yeah, that's, that's, you know, so look at this next time that you're watching a movie. Just see how characters, makeup, clothing, hair, house, how anything evolves throughout the story. And you know that those filmmakers are giving you a little extra to understand their change. Because like characters can go through a quote unquote change in a movie and you might read it on paper by seeing it on screen, but you're, you're never going to fully believe certain turns unless everything you're seeing makes sense well this movie kind of goes all in for that kind of metaphorical storytelling where they literally run into each other naked and it's just kind of like yes they have to be naked with each other because Mm. that's what people do when they get married or it's what people do when they have to be real with each other yeah yeah it's true hey so you were talking about my wife's um you very inconsiderately brought up my wife's Ryan blindness earlier. Um, <laughs> I think, I think as I, I was as considerate as could be. And this is the, actually the last movie where Sandra Bullock, this is the last trivia. I promise. <laughs> this is the last movie that Sandra Bullock co-starred with somebody named Ryan. Uh, the other two are crash with Ryan Philippe and murder by numbers with Ryan Gosling. So she's done the, she's done the Ryan gamut. She has not made a movie with me. Uh, well, she wouldn't star with you either. You, or are you Julia Roberts? <laughs> Have you been Julia Roberts this whole time? Ha <laughs> ha! Let me rip off my mask. Oh, it's Sandra Bullock. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> it's just what? Sandra Bullock again. Damn it! Um, so Ryan, do we have any letters? Wait, hold on. Choo choo. You hear that, boys and girls, ladies and germs, we're getting a visit from our old, good old nemesis, it's the train man. I forgot what my voice sounded like, (laughs) woohoo! He's he's not Mario. (laughs) Oh! (laughs) It's me, it's the train man! No, 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 we're gonna get sued by Nintendo. Okay, th- this is stupid. I'm leaving. You guys are dumb. <laughs> wait, wait, oh. trade man. Chicka, 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 chicka. Um, what did what did he leave? Um, he just threw a he threw he threw he threw my essay down to me. Hold on, let me let me hold it up. We're not recording in the same place, so let me hold it up to our Skype window. Really. Oh, okay, hold on. Here's so uh, I wrote a Patreon essay this week. Let me and see. Let me see. What you the drain here. man uh, went to Kinko's and printed it off because mm. uh, it's in a Kinko's folder. Oh, yeah. Can you? Here it is. Can you hold it closer? Uh, okay. 
um, uh, it's called Why Kelly is Attracted to Cartoon Characters. Speaking of vulnerability. <laughs> His essay is called Why Am I So Attracted to Certain Cartoons? And you know what, guys? I don't know. <laughs> You're going to have to read his essay to find out. Okay. Uh, if if anybody out there is listening and has never been like, hmm, that made Marion Fox is pretty foxy. Yeah, I was going to say, if you don't think that you've ever been attracted to a cartoon, I will just remind you, Robin Hood from the 1970s by Disney, and you'll all yeah. feel guilty for lying Your to wife, yourself. Your wife, for one. Oh, yeah. I caught her watching it a few weeks ago. I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, nothing. I walked in on her in like I walked into your room and she was in there with the VHS like that big clamshell and she just closed it really quick. I don't know what she was doing, but we got to stop knocking my wife on this show. <laughs> she doesn't listen. She, if she if she doesn't want to get knocked, she would listen. She she always listens to the episodes when I'm knocking her. She's just like, oh, really? You said that on air? I'm like, no, no, it was all in love. <laughs> um. But yeah, that's that's my Patreon essay. And if you want to come check that out, it's at patreon.com slash romcom gents, where you can also find my Ryan's review of licorice pizza, pe- licorice, <laughs> licorice pizza, licorice pizza. Mm-hmm. There you go. The movie by Paul Thomas Anderson that is out right now in theaters and probably some streaming platform by this point. Um, and it's great. We loved it. We had a lot to say about it. There's a lot of people that think a lot of things about this movie. But go listen to what we thought on our Patreon. Because our opinion is the one that matters. And Ryan, what's our uh, what's our patron movies this week? Like, if you want to come over to Patreon and pick a movie, so we have four four movies. The January January listener poll is based on the January listenary poll. The <laughs> listenary poll <laughs> on <clears throat> take three third times the charm. Clap the January listener poll. Hey, I did it. <laughs> Well, now everybody knows you screwed up. I know. Fourth time. Go. Go again. (laughs) Uh, We have got movies that are from... Oh, hold on. Sorry. (laughs) We aren't even drinking this episode. Uh, Oh, that's not true. I'm drinking a Jubal Ale, which is known as a festive winter ale. It's the only Deschutes I really like. uh, January listener poll is based on the rom-coms of the mid-aughts. And we wanted to ask, what mid-aughts movie should we be really looking at? Because we watched Just Friends, and we did not have a good time at that. So we wanted to Another have, Ryan Reynolds joint. We wanted to have a good time. So we have How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, Legally Blonde, 27 Dresses, and Monster in Law. And Legally Blonde is killing it Crushing right now. Crushing it. So if you want to change that, I don't know how you're going to, but a if lot you want to try, like this is by over. far are the clear front runner so you got to really you guys got to like band together if you want to change it or you know if you want to give it even more fire jump on patreon it's only two dollars and fifty cents for that lower tier of just voting for the movie poll and it's a lot of fun so give it a try yeah yeah make your voice heard uh this january (laughs) this january where we have no choice but to look at legally blonde uh kelly do we have any letters Hey, Flo. Huh? Mail come. Got mail for you. Oh, Pete, you've got mail. You sent me a letter. You've got mail. You know what? We do have a letter because we have a new patron. Deke 
Uh, Deke is our new patron, uh, and he sent us an email, and he's super nice. We're going to call him um, Cup of Joel. That's his his new nickname uh, from I Love You Man. And he just wanted to say, thanks for keeping me entertained. Love your takes. And you may have even convinced me that the bads outweigh the good. And we came together. Dot, dot, dot. Maybe. Oh. So I think we're doing the Lord's work out there if that's the case. Um, so thank you, Deke, wait, for becoming wait, a patron. Wait, is Cup of Joel from that movie or from I Love You, Man? I think it's from I Love You, Man. I don't know. If he's saying, like, they came together as the one that he's going to stand for, then maybe it's from that. Cup of Joel. I don't think Google's that smart. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, well, there's a, a coffee place in Virginia called Cup of Joel. That's Paul not helpful. Rudd, they, Paul Rudd is Joel, and they came together. Okay. I mean, there you go. Um, I, I think it maybe was his his coffee shop? I don't know. We <laughs> we certainly weren't enjoying ourselves, so we probably weren't catching all the details. <laughs> yeah. But you know who we enjoy is Deke. Deke. Thank you, Deke. You are our Cup of Joel. Everyone we'll else, remember you always. be more like Deke. Like the movies that we don't like as much and then argue with us about it. Yeah. And then also, you know, come over to our patron and s- Patreon and, you know, support, See support your buds. See what's support up. your gents. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, uh, can I ask you if you have any rom-com Oscars this week? I like how you can't be loud because you have a baby sleeping in the next room. Yeah. So I just decided to be weird. <laughs> if you can't be loud... Be weird. Be weird. That's basically Portland's middle name. Um, Rom-com Oscar is best ending, and we've already talked about why, so I'm sticking to it. Best ending? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, <laughs> I won't elaborate. I-, I wanted to give this best proposal. Oh, yeah. Because we see a lot of proposals in these movies. I mean, the movie I is think... called The Proposal. You gotta, you gotta do a good I think... job. I think the real proposal at the end of this movie, though, I, I mean, I'm kind of giving it the same award as you. Yeah, because but you're giving it best ending. I'm giving it best proposal. The proposal is the ending, but I, I I like the dialogue so much of the execution of it. Yeah, I'm all in. We've we've explained why it's such good writing and such good direction. So boom, hot sauce in your pocket. <laughs> oh, thank you. I guess. Sorry, I'm I'm looking at failed catchphrases of football announcers and hot sauce in your pocket. It's just not going to work. It's not going to work. Does that mean somebody's running fast? Yeah, you know, he's got some hot sauce in your pocket. You're he's, trying to run away from your pants. I get he's it. He's got to get to a bathroom to get it off. So I don't know. Anyways, Kelly, who the heck would you fall in love with? Are there any circumstances in which uh, the two of you might be more than just good? Friend. The truth of it is, I loved you from the first second I met you. But mostly I hate the way I don't hate you. Not even close. Not even a little bit. Not even at all. You have bewitched me, body and soul. And I love, and love, and love you. I know. I think I'm going to go with Ryan Reynolds. Mm. I, I was thinking about our 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 school teacher mm-hmm. lady Melinda um, Ackerman. because yeah she's really really foxy and she's teaching a bunch of kids and she seems really chill but i think i'm gonna go with ryan reynolds because he likes books i i get him he he seems like a nice dude and he puts up with a lot of crap for somebody just because you know i don't know I like I like him in this movie. He's a he's a nice guy, okay. and he's and he's trying to make a boat with an axe. And I, there's something about using your your rage like that that I appreciate. I respect that. I'm going with Sandra Bullock 
because she surprise, surprise, surprise. Well, well, who am I supposed to pick? White bread, Malin Ackerman, or Ryan Reynolds? That you just picked. There's no one else. What am Craig I supposed to go with? Craig T. Nelson, Mary St- Betty White, Ryan. I I was opening up the door for you to pick Betty White. I'm not picking Betty White because she's my second. <laughs> okay. I hope that's close enough. Over Ryan Reynolds. So it's. It's two days after what would have been Betty White's 100th birthday as we're recording this, Ryan. I, how dare you? I wanted to say I'm picking Sandra Bullock. Sin- <laughs> I'm picking Sandra Bullock. <laughs> oh, oh, Sandra. And then she slaps me and says, never call me that again. I'm picking Sandra Bullock because she's foxy and she's kind of scary. And I think that would be a nice change of pace to what I usually go for, which is Sarah, who's foxy, but not that scary most days. Sarah can be scary. She can Sarah, be. Sarah, <laughs> yeah, I like how other times you pick Sandra Bullock, you're like, because she's a lot like Sarah. <laughs> this time, because she's nothing like Sarah. <laughs> Maybe in the last few scenes. Don't roll I, your eyes. It's true. I'm, Ryan, I'm sorry. I have a condition that whenever you lie... I have to roll my eyes. Uh, sometimes I like some variety. This is a different kind of Sandra Bullock compared to your while you were sleeping. Right, right. Because <laughs> picking Sandra Bullock multiple times is variety. It's a good pick. It's a good pick. It's fine. I actually like her a lot in this movie. Good. Um, but we should honor Betty White. Happy birthday. Donate to your animal shelters, everybody. Yes, yes. She is the other side of the flip coin as uh, Bob Barker. Yes. Thank you basically. to all of you. And... Spay or neuter your dogs. Uh, and Or adopt them. <laughs> uh, so that's that's the proposal, 2009. Thank you, 2009. You gave us some great movies like that, Avatar and District 9. So way to go. Uh, Kelly, what do we have on the docket next week? <laughs> I think you have a good, bad, and ugly situation there. <laughs> on the docket for tomorrow. Not tomorrow, people, next week. Next week. Well, it's, it's tomorrow for everybody who's listening to this on the Saturday before our episode comes out. <laughs> sure. For our 100th episode, we are listening. No, you are listening. You. You will listen. We will watch. We'll watch. You'll watch, too. But then we'll speak and you'll listen. And we'll talk what we're speaking about (laughs) eloquently, probably far more eloquently than we have been this entire fucking episode, (laughs) is 1999's, 1907's, (laughs) 98's. Ryan, what year is it? Um, 1984's Titanic by James Cameron. <laughs> yeah, we're going to watch Titanic. Um, we're going to see some Kate. We're going to see some Leo. We're going to, we're going to see some painting. We're going to see some mm. ships going straight down to the bottom. Mm. Um, going to see some Billy Zane. Good. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm so excited to watch this. The last time I watched this was when I wrote a essay on Cody's film history class because he didn't have time to write it. And he's like, Hey, can you write my essay for me? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I hope that doesn't get you in trouble, Cody. Probably not. <laughs> um, yeah, I think there's a statute of limitations on such things. Um, but yeah. yeah, it's our hundredth episode special extravaganza. We hope you can make it. It's going to be a great time. It's going to be like a four hour long episode. So, <clears throat> well, <laughs> It better be. Kelly, I just want you to know that I love you so much that I would commit a felony for you. Oh, Ryan, I love you so much that if you asked me to, I would move to Canada with you. Wow, that's incredible. Look, I know, it's a big, it's a, it's a big ask, but I'd do it. Look out for the moose. <clears throat> 
And this is where we will say a goodbye. Ryan and Kelly must bid you adieu. Thank you for listening to our review. Rate and subscribe, we'll even take a bribe. So see you next week on the Gentleman's Guide. To rom-coms. <laughs>